stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, to talk about what else? Earnings. What's going on for the second quarter earnings season? Last quarter, if you remember, we were all concerned about the banks, especially those regional banks, what was going to happen with their earnings reports. But they were actually better than everybody assumed. So that's kind of quieted down, or has it? Are we going to hear some surprises from the banks in this earnings season? And what's going on with everything else? Is it as bad out there as some people seem to think? Is our earnings signaling that a recession is coming or are they not? We brought Shiraz on to give us all of his intense insights into all of these questions because there is a lot going on. So welcome, Shiraz. Sure. Glad to be back, Tracy. So maybe we should start just by what is expected this earnings season. I see that we have that the S&P 500 is expected to have an earnings decline again for this quarter of 9.7% on 0.5% lower revenues. Um, that sounds kind of bad from, from just when you put the numbers out there, like a decline of 9.7%, but it, is that bad? No, it's not bad, actually. The, uh, the, if we step back from what's expected today uh, for, uh, for, for Q2 uh, and, uh, and put a, a regular or normal revision uh, that typically happens uh, at the outset of a quarter uh, till you reach uh, the reporting cycle, the reporting stage as where we are today, then uh, it should have been down uh, a decline of 12, 13%, I would say. So what it tells you is that, yes, earnings are down, uh, the economy is slowing, uh, there's the fear of recession that you mentioned. Um, so earnings aren't growing, uh, there, aren't, uh, there, isn't, there isn't any growth in any area, but it could have been worse. Uh, and it yeah. has not been worse. And the one comment we can make about the growth rate uh, for Q2 is that uh, relative to the last many quarters, the magnitude of revisions, negative revisions we saw for Q2 was notably modest, uh, even compared to what we uh, what we saw for, uh, for Q1 and the last quarter of uh, 2022. So uh, all said and done, given the macroeconomic environment, given how much the Fed has tightened monetary policy, uh, the earnings picture has proved uh, fairly resilient and stable. Okay. So just for the people who are kind of newbies to investing and in how earnings works, basically it sounds like you're describing a scenario where the analysts are not as bearish about this quarter. Actually, yes, uh, you could okay. say that. And analysts okay. are reflecting what the management teams tell them yeah. uh, of what's happening in their businesses and also what the analysts are discovering from their own, what they call the channel checks and uh, their research on the underlying industries. So we should have been in the macro economy, we should have been 
in a, in a lot of pain relative yeah. to where we are. And, and that's what's reflected in, uh, in earnings expectations as well. So um, I know you talked about in one of your earnings articles recently about whether or not this is actually reflecting a recession in these numbers, because you talk about some areas actually have positive revisions going on, which is kind of shocking to me. It kind of reminds me of what's happening with even just like the new home builders. People are shocked that they're doing as well as they are with these high mortgage rates now. But some of these company or some of these industries, it sounds like, are you know adjusting to what the Fed is doing with rates quicker than maybe what we thought. So I know you have on the list of the positive revisions like construction, industrial, autos, technology, medical, and retail all having at least. It doesn't mean that the earnings aren't on the decline, but the analysts are revising. You know. Higher now. That's right. Yeah, actually, uh, if you uh, if you step even back from there, Tracy, uh, and look at the big picture, say earnings expectations for calendar year 2023, uh, we noticed that last year in the spring, in April to be specific, uh, those expectations for 2023 peaked, and since that time. Uh, steadily uh, were coming down and the revisions were across the board, meaning most sectors were experiencing revisions with with a couple of exceptions. Energy was one at the time, which was still experiencing positive revisions given what was happening with oil prices. But everyone else, technology, finance, the, the construction and materials and autos that you mentioned, uh, they were practically in a free fall. And that trend continued through this spring, through April again. And since the beginning of April, we saw a notable stabilization, both at the aggregate level, meaning for the S&P 500 uh, uh, aggregate earnings, and then at the sector level, a number of key sectors uh, started experiencing positive estimate revisions. So uh, construction and tech and autos and and materials uh, and uh, uh, and that trend of positive revisions has continued uh, up to this time. So uh, uh, a notable shift, uh, both in the magnitude of revisions as and also uh, where they are coming from. Have you ever seen a time where you've seen this kind of uh, you know shift in the trend? but then it shifts back, you know, into a recession? So my own take on this, Tracy, is that perhaps the underlying strength drivers of the economy are far stronger than many economists and analysts were giving them credit for. Uh, The labor market, as we all know, uh, still remains very strong. Uh, Even though wage growth has decelerated uh, with inflation steadily coming down, uh, even the smaller growth in wage uh, produces more bang for the buck. There's been this talk about uh, savings in the economy during the COVID period. Uh, 
those were with households and individuals and also with companies. So it appears that the economy had, and many sectors of the economy had, a, a big boost during COVID. And then the last year and a half or so, uh, we were going through, or perhaps still are going through, a period of normalization. So activity levels uh, uh, in the uh, in the industrial manufacturing part of the economy and technology, perhaps even in financials, uh, they are coming down to levels that would be consistent with more normal activity levels. And then with the Fed having tightened as much as they have tightened, they have squeezed all the excess or fat out of the economy. So in other words, what I'm saying is that perhaps the recession call that kind of became the consensus view three to four months ago is not as much of a slam dunk as everybody thought. Uh, and perhaps a soft landing or perhaps just a modest slowdown in the economy is the base case scenario. Obviously, there is a big risk of a recession, but it's not as, uh, as front and center uh, as it probably was uh, three to six months ago. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about what happened last year with this normalization and that happened in many of the industries because I checked in with Helen of Troy, which is ticker H-E-L-E. -E. They reported earnings already this week on the week of the 10th of July 10th. And uh, they talk about, so they sell hydroflax, which are the, the water drink containers, oxos. They have dry bar, which is like hair dryers and hair, curling irons and things. Um, but they also sell a lot of things that are uh, at like Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> so, sure. like that's That was one of their big places. So they did take a charge for the Bed Bath & Beyond going bankrupt, uh, $4.2 million they lost there. But they said that their retail partners have now have a more normalized inventory level from last year when it got like crazy because they ordered all the product thinking that demand from the pandemic would continue it didn't and then things were slow to come over on the you know the supply chain and then they were stuck with all these inventory they dumped all that and now they said it's matching to consumer demand for this year after the adjustments of the last year. So now they're still seeing strong consumer demand, but the inventory is just matching up with it. And this is going to put them on a much sounder path going forward for the, you know, even the back half of this year. And they they reiterated their full year outlook based on even just what's going on out there. So that kind of sounds like even exactly what you were saying is happening in many industries right now. Absolutely. And the, 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 the big one, uh, the, the, the tech space broadly, uh, 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 pre-slowdown or pre-COVID, uh, we all knew that, uh, that the migration to cloud was a big source of growth. Uh, uh, in tech spending, a big chunk of it was coming from corporate America spending on this migration to cloud. And yeah. what we saw uh, uh, after uh, we, we, come, we started coming out of COVID that there was a big slowdown uh, uh, on, the, uh, uh, on, on the cloud spending front. And in fact, 
many of the uh, the big tech high flyers, the, the Amazons and the sales forces of the world, uh, and also uh, Google and Microsoft, but those uh, kind of stumbled upon this new source of excitement in the market through artificial intelligence, but their core uh, uh, claim to fame uh, through all of the last few years was the uh, the strong cloud business. And there is now this growing talk that perhaps we either have seen the, uh, the, uh, the cloud spending either bottom already or very close to bottoming. And, yeah. and if that is the case, uh, and we have this uh, artificial intelligence excitement, and we have deemed that the uh, uh, that the labor market at least has not cracked thus far. Uh, then all of these gives us kind of the components of an economy which can stand on its own, even though the Fed has uh, implemented as much tightening uh, uh, that, that we had seen in, in the last uh, 25, 30 years. Yeah, it's kind of incredible what seems right. to be going on out there. Yeah. Um, okay, let's turn over to the banks because they are going to lead us off for earnings season once again. And I took a look at PNC Financial's earnings estimates real quick before this podcast because they're one of the first big regional banks to report ticker PNC. And I see that their estimates are still being cut. Um, just over the last 90 days, the full year uh, was cut with two of them, uh, two estimates cut in the last seven days, though, going into this report. So I'm curious what you think about uh, the banks in general and especially that key regional bank group. So uh, the smaller regionals, uh, I don't think uh, are out of the, the woods yet, uh, even though sentiment seems to have kind of stabilized a little bit uh, in, in, in recent weeks. Uh, the, the, the basic problem for the regionals, aside from the solvency issues that came out as a result of the, uh, the Silicon Valley and the First Republic uh, issue, uh, that they have all of these fixed income securities on their balance sheets and with the Fed having raised interest rates as much, all of those portfolios are upside down on their balance sheet. And that's, that's a problem for their capital and that's a problem for their, uh, for, for their financial health. But if we look at the financial sector as a whole, with the larger regionals like the PNC you mentioned or many of the others, uh, and then the big money centers, the Wells Fargo's and the Bank of America's and JP Morgan's of the world, uh, they remain in excellent shape, like on the deposit side, which was a big source of worry for the regionals, that they were losing deposits to these bigger banks. These big guys are beneficiaries of that. Uh, and yeah. as the economy, while slowing, still remains in a growth phase, uh, meaning that people are still borrowing, businesses are still borrowing, perhaps at a pace less than what we saw in Q1 or less than what we saw in the second half of 2022, but it's still growing. And uh, on the delinquencies front, uh, yes, those things have increased, but those have increased from levels 
that were at record low levels. They are not at levels, the delinquency rates are not at levels that we saw typically prior to the onset of uh, of recession. So uh, the credit condition is good. Uh, there is still demand for uh, uh, for, uh, for for uh, for for loans from these banks, and with yeah. interest rates high, they have higher margins. So I think uh, they should uh, they should do reasonably well. I mean, there are some areas of concern like commercial real estate and stuff, but on the whole, I think business is good. I wanted to bring up to uh, some of the auto retailers because I've been taking a look at those recently. And I was curious after reading about, you know, the autos being in that group of positive revisions that you were talking about, that uh, what is going on there. So I took a look at Penske, which is ticker PAG. It is one of my favorite auto retailers because they have the truck division and they're in Europe. So they're a little more diverse. But two estimates are up in the last 30 days for the full year on Penske. Last year was a record year for all the auto retailers. And so it was expected to come down this year off of those record highs. That wasn't, you know, that's all kind of built into it now. But I can see that some of those estimates are starting to turn around in the auto side. Um, What do you think? It's going on with the autos. You know, usually that's this area you don't want to be in if we're going into recession. I mean, people sure. are not apt to buy a, a new or a used auto when there's a recession. But what do you make of what's going on with autos? I think there is a there is a high degree of confidence in the households uh, about the employment situation. Um, uh, yes, inflation is still a problem, but people aren't worried about uh, uh, about making discretionary spendings. Uh, the the autos and homes are obviously some of like the biggest items that 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 families purchase. But uh, uh, even smaller discretionary purchases, we have plenty of evidence, uh, both empirical as well as uh, anecdotal, that. Uh, spending continues. So uh, Otto's uh, sentiment on the group uh, uh, dropped uh, in in a major way uh, uh, last year and uh, even early into this year uh, and then started improving. I'm looking at Penske that you mentioned. Uh, At this time last year, the expectation for the year was 1535. I'm talking okay. about 2023 estimates, and today it's 1565. Yeah. Now, it it uh, it it zigs and zag. In the meantime, uh, it went as much down to as uh, 1465, but it is up today. Yeah. And and you see that with a with a host of others, uh, and also with home builders, uh, which is which is which is an even bigger uh, uh, outlay for households and. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think one has to interpret that as indicating that consumers as a whole uh, feel good about their their financial situation. I'm sure there are slices of consumers that are in a lot more distress than what the aggregate picture suggests, but right. uh, it's the aggregate picture and the totality uh, of what you can read that that the market reflects and that what the economic data would reflect. 
Yeah. I, I've been following some of the more upscale like retailers and whatnot because everybody has been talking about how luxury has been holding up. And um, I've been following Decker's ticker D-E-C-K. They make Ugg boots and shoes and the Hoka shoes, which are very hot right now. And they've been hitting new highs nearly every day. Uh, they're up 38% on the year now, but they had the inventory issue last year and they did warn on it, but it looks like they've fixed that now. So uh, people are pretty bullish on it. But what do you make about valuations with some of these stocks? Like Decker's is now trading at 25 times on the PE, which is high for it historically, but not as bad as, you know, uh, like a Lululemon or some of these other uh, luxury Uh, retailers that are even more expensive. But what do you make of the valuation argument that it, you know, things are overvalued basically? I think the, the valuation question, and I know Tracy, you are the, uh, our value, uh, our value uh, spokesperson in the firm. Yeah. So uh, you're always concerned about this issue. My view on valuation is that it's closely tied to the question of interest rates. And okay. Uh, yes, the Fed is still raising, uh, uh, but pretty much everyone, even those market bears who believe that the inflation problem is far stickier and will be around for a long time, even they concede uh, that the Fed, uh, if it's not at the finish point, it is very close to the finish point. So the the, the way the way I look at valuation. Uh, questions and the appropriateness or otherwise of a, of a, of a metric like a PE, for example, is uh, that you look at it uh, in combination with what you expect will happen with interest rates. And uh, when you address that question, the interest rate question, then we reach the conclusion that the Fed either is at the peak rate or perhaps very close to within one or two hikes off the peak rate, and then uh, at some stage beyond uh, uh, that pause stage, uh, whether it's six months or a year or a year and a half, the Fed will be cutting rates. And, And if that is the scenario, if that is the interest rate outlook, then you will be a lot more accommodative and accepting of higher multiples. Uh, than you otherwise would be. Otherwise mean that, like, say, if we were at the beginning of 2022, when the Fed would be uh, will be starting to implement like a 500 basis point uh, uh, hike in, uh, in monetary policy, at that stage, uh, it would be uh, it would be very difficult to accept a high multiple stock. But at this stage, when we are close to the end point on tightening and can perhaps envision a time when the Fed will be sitting tight and thinking of cutting, I think it's, it's, it's okay to, uh, uh, to, to look at something like Decker's uh, and many others who may seemingly look expensive, uh, but given that adjustment, I think are, are okay. Is there any area, uh, you know, an industry or sector that you feel could have some surprises this earnings season that you want to warn us about or give us your insight about? I think management teams 
as you know very well, are always very cautious uh, in their commentary. Uh, and even if they read and see in their own businesses trends that would be very positive and very reassuring, they're downplayed. Um, I think the, starting with the banks, uh, and, and we all know some of the bank leaders are, are very outspoken in their commentary. Yeah. I'm very curious as to how Jamie Dimon presents the macroeconomic questions. Yeah, me uh, too. And the consumers, the health of the households, what they see in terms of um, uh, of, of businesses and the credit demand from businesses. Uh, we are seeing even signs of uh, some of the uh, investment banking activity uh, with like some of those recent IPOs uh, getting very yeah. positive reception. So that's one thing. Uh, there is a there is a possibility that we will get some unequivocal positive commentary from these guys that will be uh, we will all be discussing in the days ahead. And then secondly, what I was referring to earlier in terms of the uh, tech spending, um, if we see from some of these big cloud players uh, and they see that they're having conversations and discussions uh, with teams that suggest that perhaps the deceleration that they were seeing uh, uh, with respect to spending uh, is coming to an end. I think that will be a very big deal too, because tech is such a huge slice of of this market and this economy. Uh, yeah. So that could be a, a big surprise too, and that could potentially really put this soft landing or no recession type of narrative like front and center uh, for the market. Obviously, there's a risk that the alternative happens too. But uh, in my judgment, uh, if this uh, turns out to be the case, then that earlier scenario uh, I was describing, then that'll be the mainstream view and will be a big boost for the market. That sounds bullish to me. I, I, we could use some bullish news sure. going into this one. So. Uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out, but uh, let me recap the stocks we talked about on this episode. So there was Helen of Troy, ticker H-E-L-E. -E. Uh, we talked about a couple of the banks, PNC Financial, PNC. Uh, we mentioned uh, Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan several times, JPM. Uh, Penske, the auto retailer, is PAG. And then we talked a little bit about Deckers on the retail side, ticker DEC. And as always, I'm having guests on to talk about everything that's going on in the stock market and the economy. And I'm sure Shiraz will be back again for the third quarter earnings season, and we'll see how it's shaping up then. But the second quarter is about to begin, and it's looking pretty exciting. And as always, I'm going to be bringing you all the earnings surprise charts as well both on my twitter feed and you can get them on the earnings all-star videos those have resumed again so you can get those on zax.com youtube sign up for our youtube channel and if you don't get our podcasts anywhere you just stumbled across this you can get all of our podcasts on youtube as well they're on our youtube special podcast channel it's zach's podcasts on youtube you can also get it on zach's we have a podcast uh, link right up at the top 
click on that and you'll find all of our podcasts. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.